Welcome back to Priority Status, Travel Elevated. I'm Abby Waters with JPR, and I'm here today with Tim Chatfield, co-founder and CEO of Jitjat Joe. It's hard to have missed the sensational headlines about workers leaving the hospitality industry in mass, the staffing shortages everywhere and the labor wars, as Tim calls it. So we turn to Tim, an expert in connecting talent with jobs through a workforce management technology. We're diving in to see if the headlines are true, how hotels and restaurants can reimagine their talent management, and gain some insights on a nationwide survey Jitjat Joe distributed to its 10,000 plus database of talent. Plus, we'll help set some expectations for when you do take the plunge into dining out and traveling again. And on that note, let's jump right into it. Hi, Tim. How are you today? Fantastic. Thanks for having me, Abby. Of course. We're so happy to have you here. We're just going to jump right into it. And I was wondering if you could give us, for our listeners who aren't familiar with Ditchat Joe, what's your background story and what's your mission? Happy to share and uh, thanks again for the invitation. Jitjat Joe is a workforce management platform and talent marketplace that services the hospitality, retail, education, healthcare and facilities industries by providing vetted qualified talent on demand. Our mission is uh, human betterment. So we really care about uh, the people that work with us and and helping them to grow and evolve and move forward with their own journey. And uh, we provide them with opportunities to explore new working arrangements, new industries, new sectors, develop new skills and and really help them to grow as people. That's excellent. How can hotels and restaurant groups work with Jojajo? Well, in addition to our uh, on-demand staffing service, we offer our platform and empathic intelligence and matchmaking technology and workforce management tools as a software solution. So that can also uh, be white-labeled and have their own brand on top of it, and they can build their own internal talent marketplace. We work with a number of large hotel groups and properties within them. We also work with independent hotel operators as well. And really, it's about leveraging pools of qualified and experienced labor to optimize the resourcing for when the business or the property or the restaurant actually needs it. So fixed schedules are something that is easy to manage, but not necessarily aligned with the service needs of a property. Because when there's a queue of people trying to check in, that's when you need that extra person at the front desk greeting them and and checking them in. Same inside the restaurant. You know, patrons and guests don't like come in necessarily on schedule, on time, in fixed ways. So there needs to be even more flexibility than was required in the past in order to meet demand in the moment from a service perspective. Um, So leveraging technology in smart ways to provide that flexibility in terms of the resourcing model whilst raising the bar 
from a service quality perspective. I think there was a perception and probably still is in many uh, hoteliers' minds that, you know, when you move to flexibility, you're actually sacrificing quality. Like if you've got people that are coming in and out and not doing it, you know, on a regular basis on a fixed schedule, how are they going to be able to uphold your brand standards? Well, you know, I'm here to tell them that solution is Jitjat Joe because what we actually do is recognize their skills and experience and then conduct performance reviews at the end of every shift, which is then fed into our empathic intelligence algorithms to optimize the allocation and matching of staff to future shifts. So there's always a drive around moving quality up. We also provide the ability for managers to prioritize their teams by position in order of which they want people to be assigned to work based on their performance. Excellent. Where can people find Jitjat Joe and where are you located currently? We currently operate in uh, New York City, Connecticut, New Jersey, Illinois, the DMV area, so DC, Maryland, Virginia, and we're in the process of expanding uh, south and then along the Sun Belt over to the west. We're really open to, you know, hearing from people that are in need of uh, additional staff wherever they might be in the US because we factor that into our expansion plans. So essentially, you can find Jitjajo anywhere and you guys are planning to make it available to people all over the United States, correct? Yeah, well, that's certainly where the need is. You know, there's a lot of disruption in the labor market at the moment with the, you know, extended period of time of restrictions that COVID brought. And, uh, you know, businesses generally, particularly in the services sector where we focus, uh, seem to be struggling to find the talent they need themselves and recall the workers that they furlough during the pandemic because a lot has changed in the last 14 or 15 months. So much of your staff is at the epicenter of hospitality, which of course is what we love to talk about here at J Public Relations. Who comprises the Jitjajo talent marketplace? We have quite an eclectic collection of skill sets, particularly for folk that work in the hospitality industry. They're generally multi-talented, multi-skilled. On average, the people that we employ that are looking for flexible work through the Jitjajo platform uh, typically have around four to five skills. So one of the benefits of, of Jitjat Joe is we find great quality talent and we hire them and we look after them and treat them well. And they can work in a variety of different roles to leverage their many talents that they have. We specialize in the services sector, hospitality, food and beverage services, front of back of house, culinary, cleaning, uh, janitorial, custodian, um, housekeeping for hotels as well. And, you know, throughout the pandemic, we expanded our service line to include non-clinical patient-related services for the healthcare sector. So patient transporters, patient observers, greeters, and so forth. So you're mentioning quite a few jobs and, you know, different areas where your talent are able to work. Are there jobs out there right now in the hospitality industry specifically? There's an enormous number of jobs available at the moment. There's a a huge demand for staff and there's a lot of disruption in the labor markets, making it challenging for businesses 
to recruit the people they need at the speed that they need them due to the tight labor market. You know, there's also a, a, you know, a number of misconceptions, I think, at the moment around what is keeping people away from returning to work. You know, there's a general perception from people that, that we hear that it's about the unemployment insurance and, and, and people aren't willing to work based on that. We employ well over 10,000 people. Now, not all of them are working at the moment, so we've surveyed them recently and we found that you know, it's like only 8% of the people aren't returning to work because of unemployment insurance. There's many other reasons causing the, the delay in the return to work for people. Because we've been reading reports that hospitality workers have left the industry, but clearly that's not the case. Um, so please just tell us more about that and how you see your mission of human betterment really translating into, you know, more jobs in hospitality. Absolutely. That's another misconception, I think, broadly in the market at the moment, that people are, are leaving the hospitality industry in droves. In fact, in terms of the people that we surveyed, 77.6% uh, of people are actually wanting to stay in the hospitality industry. Many of them are just aren't ready to return to work at the moment. There's a fantasy that coming out of uh, such a prolonged lockdown, you know, we can just flick a switch and everything's going to resume back to something like that it was. Whereas, you know, the level of disruption in the labor market, it's more like turning on the light with a dimmer, bringing it back in as opposed to flicking a switch and it just magically all uh, returning to the way that it was or something like that. So really what is holding people back from going back into the labor market? The survey results, you know, from our audience, which I think is quite representative of the broader market because of the number of people that we've spoken to, is that 23% of people still have caregiving requirements that is preventing them from returning to work. And, you know, when you really think about how that plays out, you know, if they've got kids that haven't gone back into school or they've got elderly parents or they've got, you know, family members that are sick or other family members that need to go back to work more than them and they're taking on the responsibility of helping out, you know, with caregiving, you know, it doesn't take a genius to work out that that's going to have an impact on people's lives. I just think that when there's a concern, it's human nature to try to find the easiest rational answer towards it and doing basic arithmetic around, you know, unemployment insurance, average hourly wage versus the minimum wage is just a quick and easy answer for people. Interestingly, also more people than those being held back by unemployment insurance, more people are actually, you know, not in the location that they are in pre-COVID. So they've relocated. And then some of them that have relocated are either contemplating going back to where they were pre-COVID or they're actually looking at, you know, setting up base where they are right now or moving on again. So there's a complicated set of reasons that is causing slow resumption of activity in the labor market, but it's not being driven by a lack of demand for people to come back. So relocation and having to be caregivers at home, you know, potentially homeschooling children. What are some of the other factors that are playing into, you know, specific people not getting back to work. I read a great post on your blog about um, how the gig economy is really trying to support women getting back to work in hospitality specifically. There was a wild stat included from the Wall Street Journal that in February 2020 to March 2021, 
1.1 million of working age women dropped out of the workforce as compared to 830,000 men. So what can you tell us, given that um, there's so many factors at play here, what does the road to recovery look like for women as it relates to temporary work economy and hospitality? Well, the first thing I think it's important to recognize is that COVID's been going on for like 15 months. So A, you know, it's well documented that it takes around 28 days to build a habit. There's a lot of 28 days in 15 months. There's also been a lot of time for people to really think and reflect on on what's going on for them. And I was listening to one of your other podcasts uh, this morning out of the UK with a wellness expert who was talking about when we were busy with our lives, it was easy to sort of get over some of the concerns and, and worries that we had. When we have a lot of time on our hands and we're less busy, there's more of a an ease to sort of slip into a downward spiral of worry and and concern. Now, not to say that this has got anything to do with gender, which is where your question started, but what I'm getting at is that there's been a lot of time for people to think and rethink how they're going to spend their life when the restrictions come off. And what are they going to do with their time? Where are they going to invest their passion and their energy? And I think a large number of people are still trying to work that out based on the opportunity that's being presented to them. And it's a buyer's market, like it's a worker's market. Their choice is in abundance. People need some time to really finish those thought processes around what they want to do next, because whatever they do, they're probably likely to stick with that for a little bit. And um, there's an opportunity here to do a reset and change directions and uh, explore new things. Absolutely. And I think it's so important to think of, you know, bringing it back to travel, the larger theme here is taking revenge on what has happened in the past um, year and a half. And, you know, people really putting their passions and, you know, their money and their time into wanting to explore and discover new things. And with that, you know, comes people needing to staff and needing to, um, you know, be able to take on this influx of people wanting to travel. So that's a great pivot into um, what I think is a, a great question is for the consumer and the guest um, in hospitality is what are they going to be experiencing right now when they go to a hotel or when they go out to eat? You know, over the last couple of months, I've stayed in a number of hotels in a number of locations and, you know, the experience is mixed, to be frank. Understand there's uh, there's a challenge for many properties to get back the people they need. The guest experience has also changed quite substantially and continues to evolve as the as the government regulations and CDC recommendations evolve. And I think one of the things that hotels uh, in particular could really need to invest in is managing guest experience on arrival and, and helping them to understand what the protocols are. I've just come in this morning into New York City from a hotel in, in Connecticut, and the first thing I did when I arrived there uh, three days ago was say, what, what are the COVID protocols? Having been in half a dozen other hotels in the two months prior, I've learned that not to expect that it's going to be shared with me. I need to ask, particularly around masks, being fully vaccinated. If I don't need to wear the mask, I don't want to wear the mask. But if the protocol is that, you know, on this property, it needs to be worn because 
they're the rules, then if I'm going to be in that environment, I don't want to be non-compliant and make other people feel uncomfortable. So I think managing expectations is critical and and for guests on arrival is is asking questions to understand what the current rules are because it's hard to keep up. They're changing constantly. From a staffing perspective, being able to get back the people that they had, uh, you know, I think is a challenge for a lot of properties for many of the reasons that we've already talked about. So, you know, what are they doing about making sure the properties are, are adequately staffed so that the guest experience can be the best that it possibly is? Well, we're one of the solutions that is helping solve that problem through our on-demand app because at the tap of a button, you know, we can have someone on site in a property. So if there's a call out or there's an issue, someone's got sick or someone to take care of someone and can't come into work on that day. It's not that the property needs to go without the people they need. They just need to know how that they can get the properly skilled staff on demand and, and using the Jitjat Joe app is one of the solutions that's available to them to help. I think that's an excellent point. And I would love to bring it back to your point on guests asking questions. I do think that it's so important to have empathy and kindness during this time and to realize that there's people working um, to make the hospitality industry, you know, what it was pre-COVID and to really bring in this level of service and hospitality to, you know, guests while also managing expectations. I think that it's so important to, as a traveler, to be mindful. Are there ways that travelers or diners can support these hospitality workers? Yeah, absolutely there is. Look, firstly, be grateful. We've all been through this together. This has been a global pandemic. It's caused once in a a century level of of disruption. You know, what can we do to help from a traveler's perspective? Well, being kind and understanding, being patient and acknowledging the fact that bringing things out of hibernation, as I said earlier, it's not like flicking a switch, it's like turning on a dimmer. It takes a little bit of time to get that brightness back and everything back to the the level of service that would have been expected pre-COVID. Participation is another thing that can help the industry by actually resuming travel and eating out and frequenting, you know, venues and, and supporting them with the revenue that they need, you know, that they've got some recovery to work through to try and catch up on the losses that have been incurred throughout the pandemic, you know, and then rewarding good service with appropriate tips. There's a need to get the money moving back in the economy again. The government has tried to do their bit, which has been great, but we've got to get it back into sustainability uh, through money moving through the economy and participation. You know, get out there and go and stay in a hotel or visit a restaurant and enjoy a, a dining experience and and just keep your mind open to the challenges and the heartache that the people that are serving you have been through and be thankful and grateful that they're back at the table taking your order, serving your meal, making your coffee and thank them for that. In closing, Tim, what advice do you have for operators who are fighting over the same talent pool? Look, there's no denying the fact that it's a struggle at the moment for many businesses to hire the talent they want. You know, we're hearing a lot about this war for talent. Everyone's fighting over similar labor pools. So, 
you know, in addition to using a service like Jitjat Joe to bridge the gap while you you find the people that you want to hire and employ yourself, you've really got to explore all angles. It's not just about job ads and, and open calls. It's about social media, leveraging referrals, asking your existing employees, who do they know, who can they refer, and really uh, seeking to explore all available channels to get the word out there that you're looking for quality people. Everybody is looking for quality people. So leveraging personal relationships to try to get you connected inside networks can lead to referrals, which, you you know, also bring the added benefit of there's almost like a pre-interview that happens when someone is referring somebody else. They're also attaching their own personal brand to that individual, as opposed to someone just replying to a a job ad or, or seeing a notice in the window and and walking in and handing over their resume. Well, thank you, Tim, for speaking with me today. We've loved having you on the podcast and learning more about Jit Joe. It was my pleasure. Thanks so much, Abby.